Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? It is good, good, good to be with you. We are live streaming today. Um, it'll be up in a moment, I think. But um, uh, God bless you all. It's wonderful to be with you. And um, I, uh, uh, we are putting together our newsletter. And um, I've mentioned to you that the next newsletter will be focused on homeschooling. Um, the the problem is that there's so much information that I want to put in there, it would be a book. So I've decided to do it in two pieces. So two newsletters, one almost after the other. And the first one is going to be more more for Easter because I don't want to cheat you out of an Easter newsletter. So um, uh, it will be Easter, and uh, we're going to include in that... Um, also some homeschooling information, and some of you really, really would like resources for homeschooling, especially if you've not homeschooled before. And so we're going to put those in. We're going to put in uh, what we have found so far, the most popular, the top um, best homeschooling resources. Um, and uh, they are uh, beautiful organizations, Catholic who will give you, to begin with, an entire package, uh, how to do everything, a whole how-to. You won't have to, you won't be on your own. Really wonderful, wonderful resources. We will include that, and we're going to include a couple of other gifts in there um, uh, as extras to help you to pray, for your family to pray. Um, my favorite stations of the cross, um, since in the all the years I'm Catholic, we're going to include that. Um, and a, a holy card for uh, making a spiritual communion at home. Um, it's going to be, um, and I keep saying, but we haven't done it, we haven't put it in the mail yet, but I mentioned it would come out the end of April, so past Easter, but still for Easter because we have all of Easter tied until Pentecost. So we're in, we're in good shape. But you know, the worst things are getting in the country and in the world, especially the focus on the coronavirus now. Um, oh, what do I say? Um, schools are closed, um, children are home, and most parents who are working or, or even if they're home, they don't know what to do with their children. And there's all kinds of articles against homeschooling. I was astounded. All you have to do is type in a search engine against homeschooling and you'll see government attacks. You'll see uh, homeschooler attacks on homeschooling. You'll see everything. But the fact is that that's the way God raised his people to homeschool. And I will tell you a fact you may not have thought of. If you're a mother, you have homeschooled. It's not a question if you will. It's a question if you will, you will continue or will you abandon it. There is no such thing as a woman with a child in her womb who doesn't homeschool from the moment that child is conceived right through the diapering of that child and right up to the time 
of kindergarten or first grade where the majority of parents have abandoned their vocation and sent their little ones off for the government or the society to raise. It is, um, it's utterly, utterly backwards. And so, um, I found an article. I haven't read the whole thing through and we probably won't have time today, but, um, I, I think it's so urgent, crucial, um, vital that we deal with this subject because the children are home and you need to find a way to school them. And mothers are saying, well, we don't have, don't worry about if your children are home, teach them how to bake, mow the lawn, how to do things around the house, different hobbies, you know, take a look at the books they brought home from school, see what you can do. That's to ruin your child. Absolutely not. You are the steward. Mom, dad, you are the stewards of those children. God never intended you to turn them over to the state, the government to begin with. Never, ever, ever. And you say, okay, but my children have been in Catholic school, not public schools. Well, if they've been in Catholic schools, um, then you are uh, in the smaller percentage of families that have the finances to do that. However, there are good Catholic schools, but um, I spoke recently with a uh, new dad, uh, a young married couple who uh, are their first babies on their way, and the wife has been the wife of the family. The mother uh, has been uh, teaching in Catholic schools, grades seven to nine, and. She comes home utterly astounded. This is a perfectly Catholic school. She's a wonderful, faithful Catholic. And the children, 7th to ninth grade, how old are you, 7th to ninth grade? 7th uh, to ninth grade, 13 through 17, 16, whatever that you are, a teenager. She said the children do not know how to spell. They do not know how to write. They do not know how to put a sentence together. They cannot follow an assignment. And uh, she doesn't know how they were even passed out of third grade. And that's Catholic schools. It's absolutely awful. Parents, I think the situation is serious enough today for a wake-up call. Your children, many of them, are already home. And you must learn how to raise them, how to teach them, how they can be taught. There are so many, many, many resources, so many resources out today. There's no excuse. If you need to quit your job, you need to quit your job. Uh, Take a job from home over the Internet. Most companies are closing today because of the coronavirus. Most schools are closing because of the coronavirus. Uh, someone has suggested on the news yesterday that President Trump, um, uh, uh, how do I effect a uh, national lockdown for the whole country? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And you're going to say, but I don't have money to feed my family if that happens. That's more important than homeschooling. No, it's not. Every single thing you do and everything you don't do your response to everything, how you handle this situation, how you handle not having money, all of that you are homeschooling your children. And in the interim, there are fantastic books and online materials while we still have electricity. I'm also uh, 
I have picked out for this next newsletter. I'm telling you everything that's in the newsletter, but you'll have to read it uh, when it comes out. Um, uh, I found a very uh, poor family who um, will be an incredible blessing to you. So don't be afraid about becoming poor or not having the riches you're used to or having to sell things or... uh, if you're a family and you build a family, you have each other and you have God, you need nothing else. You do need food and shelter. God will make sure you have that. If you're walking with him, he will make sure. Let me just begin, beloved, to read this article. on It's, it's titled The Progressive War on Homeschooling. And just as I um, showed you the book, Get Your Kids Out of Public School Now. It was written uh, two, three years ago. This article was written six years ago. The situation in the progressive war in homeschooling was written in June of 2013. And um, it is, uh, just multiply the awful situation. Just multiply it. It's worse now. And it begins this way. Homeschooling families are the latest to become the target of the liberal attack on in, liberal attack on individual liberties. I'm going to stop myself to include here, beloved, if you cannot go to mass, that that's part of your homeschooling. If you would dress up for church on Sunday, this is my thought. I haven't read it. I'm not saying it's a should. I think it's a great idea. If you would normally put on your Sunday best to go to church, do that anyway on Sunday because you're not going to church in good clothes to impress people. You're going to honor God and you can honor him at home in your Sunday clothes. And it'll make it more important to you that it's Sunday. So dress up, pop a shirt and tie, long dress, uh, children properly dressed for church and... um, and come together and read the scriptures. Read uh, the scriptures for Holy Mass. Um, there are many good books that are that give homilies all year. You you probably can watch a mass on TV. It's not the same as going to mass, absolutely not. But you can watch it. You can enter into the prayers, and then you can learn a very beautiful um, spiritual communion and ask God to come to you, and He answers. Uh, those prayers for grace and then have a wonderful family meal together and pray together you should do that i'm not even going to suggest you go out to the park i'd like to do that but i saw an article yesterday where families out to the park were uh were uh told to go home by the police and if they didn't then they'd be arrested we're becoming a totalitarian a country it's just shocking it's shocking, and I will tell you, it's beyond the response to coronavirus. There's evil going on. Some of the cautions are very legitimate, but much of it is um, uh, a growing socialism in our country, and it's pure evil. There's the music for our break, beloved, and we'll be back right after the break. I'll read a little of this article, and then we'll take your calls at the half hour and the toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483-877-511-5483. We'll be right back.
LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Please join us as we reflect on this station from the Way of the Cross. The Tenth Station, Jesus is Stripped of His Garments. Arriving at Calvary, Jesus was cruelly deprived of his garments. How painful the stripping must have been because the garments adhered to his mangled body, so that in removing them, parts of the flesh were torn away. Jesus is deprived of his garments that he may die possessed of nothing. How happy shall not I die after laying aside my evil habits and tendencies. Help me, O Jesus, to amend my life. Let it be renewed according to your will and desires, however painful the correction may be to me. I will not spare myself. With the assistance of your grace, I will refrain from all sinful pleasures and vain amusement, that I may die happy and live forever. The Way of the Cross is a Catholic devotion focusing on the scriptural images of Jesus on the day of his crucifixion. We encourage you to participate in this devotion at your parish during Lent. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you. And um, we are speaking about um, the increasing attack on homeschooling, and especially during this a pandemic of the coronavirus. I think the government and the um, evil forces behind the uh, destruction of the family um, are taking advantage of this to um, uh, to order. Uh, to, to become a dictatorship, to arrest people where there's really no real foundation. Um, and again, uh, many of the parents, many of you who would not, you say, I don't want to homeschool, I'm afraid, or I don't have time, or I don't know how to manage it, but now your children are home. And now it's really quickly, um, you need to swim after you're thrown into the water, that's when you learn. So, um I would say to you, um, don't be afraid because your children need you. And um, if you think you're going to ruin your children by homeschooling them, uh, if you send them to school, public school, and many Catholic schools, I am sorry to say, 
then you will ruin them. If you keep them home, you have a chance of ruining them, you say. But if you send them out, you're definitely ruining them. You're, you're sending them to the lions. You're sending them to be dumbed down, to pass tests. This couple I spoke with, the gentleman yesterday, he said, um, we were talking about the parents in the situation where children are in middle school and high school and college. College, they cannot spell. They can't form, they don't know grammar. It, it's. A, I have sisters come here, women, come here to enter. They're college graduates, and I have to teach them grammar. It's an amazing, it's an amazing situation. Um, and so uh, your children are not going to gain by going out to public school, or and again, in many cases, Catholic school. And when I spoke to this gentleman about what about the parents, what, and he said, well, the parents don't care. They don't care. Some do, thanks to God. But most of them, he said, and this is the experience of his wife who teaches, the parents don't care. They only want, the only purpose of school, they think, the only purpose of university, college, is to get a job. You get a degree, good marks, and you get a certificate, you get a job. That's the purpose for it. has nothing to do with Cardinal Newman's idea of a university. It has nothing to do with the formation of the whole person. Not anymore. It's it's just tragic. And he says parents, uh, elementary, uh, middle school, high school, they don't care. They only want someone else taking care of what is their job. They don't think it's their job. They want society raising their children, teaching their children, and just giving their children a job so that they can earn money and have a family. It's We've given up the responsibility of parenting. We don't even know our responsibility more. Now, you understand when I'm talking like this, I talk in generalities, and I'm not accusing any individual. I can't do that over the radio. I don't even, I can't even see you. But um, I'm looking at this article here, The Progressive War on Homeschooling, written six years ago, and um, it's much, much worse now. And it, it begins to say homeschooling families are the latest to become the target of the liberal attack on individual liberties. Millions of folks once legally immigrated to America because of the multitude of freedoms which were drafted into the Constitution by our founding fathers. Today, this is six years ago, today, millions of people still come across the border, but to practice in the benefits of an increasing socialistic society where personal liberties are being squashed at an alarming rate. This is six years ago, and the people who wrote this, the woman who wrote, well, uh, I don't have the author at the moment, um, uh, already recognized six years ago that we were becoming um, a socialist nation already, and that liberties are being squashed at an alarming rate. I think it's alarming today. I didn't know it was alarming six years ago. Progressives have been fighting the rights of parents to educate their children at home, fighting the rights. It's the right. It doesn't have to be given to parents. It's your right. You are the first educators of your children, parents, and you have every right to educate them however, wherever you wish. But this article says progressives have been fighting the rights 
of parents to educate their children at home since the early years of the 20th century. The fight to keep children under government control and within the public school system has not ebbed. And of course, this is six years ago, and we've talked about the fact that uh, because people, children, uh, parents are kind of waking up to the to the fact that they are destroying their children by sending them to uh, public school, um, then they're homeschooling, and so the government has cleverly put together a free homeschool program, and it's evil. Just this, so, so if they can't corrupt your children in the classroom, they'll corrupt them at home. And parents are all excited. I can homeschool them and have a whole curriculum worked out for me and it's free. It's the devil's curriculum, beloved. The fight to keep children, okay. Um, the liberal dislike of homeschooling was quite evident in the Rome-like case. Um, the Romai case, as previously noted um, by Off the Grid News, the legal immigrants from Germany were granted asylum in the United States only to have it yanked away by, at that time, the Obama administration. The couple would likely lose custody. They came here from Germany because we are so-called free cus- a country. Um, they were homeschooling their children and they were yanked, uh, um, uh, let's see, asylum, to have their freedom was yanked away. The couple would likely lose their custody of their six children if sent back to Germany, where homeschooling is already ruled illegal. Illegal by Adolf Hitler, the law has never been changed. Um, these two are a deeply religious couple, the husband and wife want to govern how their children learn the primary influence in their life. And uh, they are to be the primary education educators. They're not uh, an, uh, an exception. This should be the rule. Um, the family, like many Americans, consider religious freedom and the ability to parent extremely important. But... Um, Eric Holder and President Obama appear to vehemently disagree. Now, again, this is 2013. A 2010 report by the National Home Education Research Institute revealed that nearly 2 million students were educated at home. The homeschool community reportedly grows by 2%, 2 to 8% on an average year. It's higher now. The increased desire to opt out of the public education system is bad news for unions and quite realistically, the primary reason why the Obama administration does not want to set a precedent in this family's case. When children are educated at home, they cannot be indoctrinated with a liberal mindset unless the parents so choose. And therefore, another possible reason behind the far left's continued operation, uh, opposition to homeschooling. Whatever I'm reading now, beloved, is uh, not only sealed in, but it's multiplied. Liberals simply cannot dispute the effectiveness of homeschooling on academic grounds. 
a recent reporting cited educational statistics compiled by The Blaze, assistant editor Sharon Ambrose clearly illustrates the academic prowess of homeschooled students. An academic achievement test scores comparison chart, um, I'm sorry, an academic achievement test scores comparison chart shows that homeschooled students score between the 84th and 89th percentile in all core subjects. Public school students average in the 50th percentile across the board. The gentleman that told me about him and and his wife, his wife who teaches in a um, um, uh, middle school where, where children have graduated, uh, at least been passed through elementary school, can't read, can't write, can't smell, can't smell, sorry, can't spell, uh, can't follow instructions, can't do, put an assignment together, no matter how uh, slowly they're instructed, just can't do that. Um, and he said to me he didn't know where he'd be today if he weren't homeschooled. He thanks God that he was homeschooled. Um there's another family that was uh, featured on Fox and Friends. The a retired military father and his stay-at-home wife homeschool. Listen to this. Their 10 children, retired military father and stay-at-home wife homeschool their 10 children, six of which entered college at age 12. Listen to that. They homeschooled their 10 children, six of which entered college at age 12. The eldest daughter recently became the youngest doctor in the United States. You say, who who is this? It's the Harding family. She's 22 years old. She just became the youngest doctor in the United States. The Harding family plans, plans to send the remaining youngsters to college before they become teenagers as well. The children are not geniuses, and the parents told Fox News that all children can obtain similar academic success uh, via a quality homeschool curriculum. Even though homeschool success rates continue to soar, many states strictly, strictly regulate and dismiss parental requests to leave the public school system. Just 11 states allow, allow, a state has no right to allow parents to allow their homeschool children without any type of formal notification process. A total of 13 states require parents to simply notify the state of the decision to homeschool before nixing the idea of publication of public education. All but one of such states is located in the West and in the South. Wow. Um, We are becoming... No, that's foolish for me to say. We are a socialist country. We're becoming that more every single day, beloved. If you don't protect your children, um, you will be responsible before God, not the schools and not the church. And we're going to help you in the next two letters, two newsletters, to have everything you can. 
to begin to homeschool your children and not be afraid of ruining your children and they will not be unsocialized. We'll be right back after the break, beloved. Call in with anything on your heart. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live, and you're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. doesn't have to be our subject, um, but what is on your heart. And the toll-free number to call or text, one 511 5483 or email at mother at I don't have it before me anymore. It's my fault. I um, I started to. Uh, it was someone who wrote it anonymously and said that you are a non denominational evangelical Christian, and um, you're looking into the Catholic Church, and you've got some problems. And I believe the three problems were um, a calling uh, a man father. Um, Peter, uh, as the Pope, um, oh, what was the third one? Um, oh, praying, uh, praying to the saints. So, 
I, I what I did was give you all the f- fantastic resources you can get that are going to answer all those questions for you. I hope you were able to write them down. If not, look back at the podcast from yesterday. And I said we'd come back from the break and I would give you short answers for those three things. And I never did. We come back from the break. We had two phone calls immediately and I, I went off track. So I'm awfully sorry for that. So if you're listening today, let me just try to tackle the three uh, just briefly. Uh, as far as praying to the saints, you uh, you seem to trust scripture and know scripture as an evangelical. And so you will know that the Apostle Paul has commanded us to pray for all men everywhere and to pray unceasingly and to pray for him and to pray for one another. Um, and it's it's not um, it's unusual for you to say, Mother Miriam, would you pray for me? Of course I'd say yes. Of course I'll pray for you. Um, I'm going to ask our Lord to help you, which makes me an intermediate, intermediate, uh, intermediary. How's that? A mediator. Jesus is the mediator, and it's because we're in him that we become little mediators with a little m. And we mediate. If I pray for you, I am mediating between God and you. I don't say, why don't you go to Jesus directly? You could do that, and you do. But you also call on others to to pray for you. It's no different praying to the saints. The saints, the um, James said that the prayers of a righteous man availeth much, and there's no more righteous than those already in heaven. And free from sin and the power of sin and the presence of sin, their prayers, uh, they have the mind and the will of God. Their prayers are more effective than any prayers from earth can be. And you say, but they're in heaven. That's right. It's no different. If you ask me to pray for you on earth, whether you're physically present or through the air or telephone or letter, um, you can ask the saints in heaven to pray for you because when we die, we're outside of time and space. We're limited by time and space. We're limited by uh, electricity, ability to use a phone, the Wi-Fi, all that. But those who have died and have gone to be with God, they're not limited by anything. There's no time. There's no space. And so your prayers Asking St. Jude, asking the Blessed Mother, asking St. Joseph, asking St. Monica, asking anyone to pray for you, God, through his body, makes your prayers known to that saint, and the saint prays for you and asks God to heal you or do whatever is needed. So uh, it's no different. It's simply that we're outside of time and space, and God has given us a family on earth, um, uh, in purgatory and in heaven. Those in purgatory are simply on their way to heaven. Um, okay, now the second thing was uh, calling no man father, but uh, the context of our Lord telling that uh, to his disciples was the midst of the Pharisees who uh, wanted to be honored and special, thought as a special and all of that, And Jesus is saying, don't give the honor to any man that is due to God. Don't do that. But the the term father is, who who do your children call the man that is married to you, if you're a woman, right? Your children's father. There's nothing wrong with that. Even if he's a stepfather, he's a father. He's a father. That's not a... um, uh, what Jesus was talking about. St. Paul himself said... um, 
aren't I your father to Timothy? Aren't I your father in the faith? And uh, we talk about our father Abraham. Now, that's not a problem. It is simply to put no human being in the place of God. And finally, um, uh, I think our dear emailer said that there was no evidence for the papacy in Scripture uh, that Peter is the first pope. And um, for that, I'm going to suggest, excuse me, as I did yesterday, that you log on to Catholic.com. It's the website for Catholic Answers. And just type in the search box, the papacy. You won't believe what comes up. But let me read you the beginning of one of their tracks if you want scriptural evidence. Um, and it says there's ample evidence in the New Testament that Peter was first in authority among the apostles. Whenever they were named, Peter headed the list in Matthew 10, Mark 3, Luke 6, and Acts 1. Sometimes um, the apostles were referred to as Peter and those who were with him, such as in Luke 9. Peter was the one who generally spoke for the apostles, Matthew 18, Mark 8, Luke 12, John 6, and he figured in many of the most dramatic scenes, Matthew 14, Matthew 17, Mark 10. On Pentecost, it was Peter who first preached to the crowds, Acts chapter 2, and he worked the first healing in the church, uh, in the church aids, Acts chapter 3. It is Peter's faith that will strengthen his brethren. I'm going to stop. It's all scripture. Luke 22. Peter is given Christ's flock to shepherd. John 21. An angel was sent to announce the resurrection to Peter. Mark 16. And the risen Christ appeared first to Peter. Luke 24. He headed the meeting that elected Matthias to replace Judas in Acts 1, and he received the first converts, Acts 2. He inflicted the first punishment, Acts 5. He excommunicated the first heretic, Acts 8. He led the first council in Jerusalem, Acts 15. He announced the first dogmatic decision also in Acts 15, and it was to Peter that the revelation came that Gentiles were to be baptized and accepted as Christians. Um, Acts 10, because at that point, it was strictly looked upon Christianity as a Jewish religion. So I won't continue with all this. I want to get to other callers, but I hope, I apologize for not getting back to it yesterday. Hope that helps you some. I gave you a whole list of books to get to and the Catholic.com website. We have an email from Barbara in Chicago. Barbara says, good morning, Mother Miriam. I thank God for you and your ministry. Uh, Thank you, Barbara. You are certainly a shining light during this dark time, and your reassuring, soothing voice and loving charity toward your listeners is such a comfort every morning. Well, I'm sure happy it comes across that way. Um, I have a friend whom I have known since fifth grade. We are now both 50 years old, so that's about 40 years, and we are both cradle Catholics and have attended Catholic grammar school together, and my friend who went to a Catholic high school, I did not. Um, My friend also went to a Catholic high school, and I did not. During a conversation we had the other day, she complained that she heard on the news that Catholic churches would be ringing their bells five times a day during this time of crisis. She said that this is noise pollution. Oh, I can't imagine such a statement. This from a Catholic. This is noise pollution and would disturb her and other people. 
I wish bells would ring 24-7. I was taken aback at this and felt anger at this attitude, telling her that this act was to remind people of God and to pray and that the church is still with us, even though parishes are closed. Now, um, Barbara, I'm just reading this with you, and your response was anger. Um, mine was not, because... Uh, when people don't know the faith, when they don't love the faith, they are poor inside. They are poor. How could I be angry with them? I want to pour out God's love to them. She then complained that her stock in Disney was plummeting and so forth. Um it goes on to, to a lot of other things. Bad movies and evil things that are losing money, and um, she's a staunch Democrat, uh, all that, talked about abortion, um, and that the Democratic Party supports, and I, I don't want to read all those details she's put in. She said, my friend got angry at this and said, I cannot make a blanket statement like that, and then abruptly, abruptly ended our phone conversation. Well, blanket um, statements are difficult, but if you if you say you're Catholic and you're Democrat, you're at least announcing that you are part of the party that has um, verbally and in writing uh, put God out of everything they do. They eliminated the word God. So there's a big, big clue. Um, she says, was I wrong in what I tried to tell her? Thank you, Mother, and God bless you in your ministry. Um what you said was not wrong, Barbara, but it probably was the way you did it. Um, if you were angry, you wouldn't have been able to help her at all. And if you're simply criticizing uh, the Democratic Party and abortions, and she's not Catholic. She's an example of what I spoke uh, of the first half of the program today. People can go to Catholic schools and they have no clue about their faith. Not only can they not read and write a sentence properly, but they don't know their faith. And this is an example for that. So if we're going to criticize and get angry and put people down and talk about all the bad people in our camp and what they do, we're just going to turn her off completely. So, again, it's it's not always what you try to tell people, but there's a place and a time for everything. Um, and the way you say it is important. We have an email from Cynthia in Phoenix, Arizona. She says, Mother Miriam, I pray you are well. I am, dear one. Thank you. This weekend, our family participated in Mass online. We were so excited to share this Excuse me. We were so excited to share this with our extended family, but when we did, they said it's not the same since it's not our Lord's physical presence, and they found no need to do this. We were speechless that our family even felt this way and were left without words and simply said it was highly recommended by our bishop. Well, I'm going to interrupt your email right there. It is highly recommended by your bishop that you would watch a live Mass, but it is in no way the same as going to Mass. It's not even close. And our Lord is not present as you watch him through the TV or on computer as he is in Mass. 
and the grace for you is not there. It is not a substitute for going to Mass at all. But what the bishop is suggesting is at least you'll get the readings, hopefully a homily, and you'll be able to enter into the prayers of the Mass in your heart. Uh, I'll go on now with the email. I felt like I let our Lord down because we could have said more to convey the importance of spiritual communion. Well, that's true. Spiritual communion is um, enormously important and a tremendous gift. Um, Okay. Oh, dear. All right. Right in the middle of Cynthia's uh, email here. Cynthia, dear, I will finish your email when we come back from the break. And it will be our last segment today, beloved. So call in. Now's a good time. Our lines are wide open. Call in with anything on your heart. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483. Or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Do you have questions about your faith life and the life of your family? Ask Mother Miriam each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern when the Station of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam Live, a program to inspire you and offer solutions to many of life's challenges. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam with some very exciting news. Through a partnership between the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, you will be able to listen and watch Mother Miriam live on YouTube and Facebook at the Station of the Cross, including past episodes on podcast. As always, you're going to be able to call, text, or email whatever your questions are. If you are not able to watch the live stream, you'll still be able to listen on your local Station of the Cross affiliate on the iCast. Catholic Radio mobile app or at thestationofthecross.com. God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am here with you for the next, oh, good 10 minutes or so. You still have time to call in. Um, Richard from Canada, hold on just a moment. Let me just finish uh, the email from Cynthia. Um, as Cynthia says, uh, um, she's been watching, um, did what their bishop told them to do and watching the Mass on television. And um, and she said, it was truly a special Mass for me, and the distance opened my eyes to a longing that brought me joy. Should we invite our extended family again next week? Sharing my spiritual growth with my extended family has always been so hard, but I never stopped doing it. They always tell me that I think I know everyone. I think that you mean everything, and they continually misunderstand my excitement of the faith as accusation or judgment on what they are doing. Well, I don't know the full situation. I don't know if your extended family is Catholic, but I would say do not invite them because it's not working out well, and they're feeling that you're pushing your faith on them, and there's something wrong, um, and you're in your excitement, you might be offending them uh, instead of um, coming alongside them. I don't know that, but it sounds like it's a possible, uh, if they feel judgment or accusation, it, it, they may be, they, they may have reason to feel that. So be very careful. Richard, dear one from Canada. Hello. Good morning, sister. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Where are you in Canada? And, and you know, Toronto. I'm at okay. It in, 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 it's called, uh, not far from Niagara Falls, Ontario. Yeah, yeah, I I went to high school in Toronto. My parents are buried there. I have lots of family in Toronto. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yes. Uh, sister, I remember the first time, it was an honor uh, yeah, that I saw you on uh, Church Militant. And I knew at that time, when I saw you the first time, that God had a special mission, like Mother Angelica, she had a special mission. Mm. And what you're doing, I'm pretty sure if you look back to you 10 years ago, you would never believe that what you are where you are today. <laughs> it's, a, it's Our Lady. It's Our Lady. It's Our Lady. Wonderful. She told her Padma, stop offending God and pray the rosary. That's I got right. a solution and all. I got a solution. Not my solution, but it's God's solution. Yes. Our Lady said, pray the rosary. Yeah. If all Catholics started today, maybe the rosary is in the furniture somewhere, somewhere they hide yeah. it. <laughs> right. They don't go back to their knees. Mm-hmm. And God's goodness, it Wonderful. will be worse and worse and worse, sister. We're right. all in the mercy of God, but true, a blessed lady, please, Catholic. And I know you sing the message, sister, and I applaud you and never deny your faith like myself. I said, never even. Never. It comes to death. We never. That's God, right, Richard. Her. It's a punishment from God. For what that's means. right. I'm with you all the way. I wish I could have you here in Tulsa with me. I'd put you on the program. <laughs> And I, and I follow you, and I pray for you, and pray for the church, because yes. a lot of people would die. You remember, just before I leave, the message of Fatima, I think it was in July, when the Lord allowed to see, to see hell. Yeah. And at that time, she was so afraid, because of the mercy of God, she didn't die, but she was telling us something. She saw soul coming down to hell like snowflakes. Yes, you know, yes, snowflakes yes, 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 yes. That's sad. That's sad. And that, that's that, there's no tragic. And that's for all eternity. So yes. I praise you what you're doing, and I'm praying for you, and I hope one day we'll be, but they will never find a vaccine. If we don't stop abortion, if we don't have promiscuity. There you go. And yes, yes, but we'd leave that in the hand of God, 
and I love you, sister, and Thank I you. pray for you. God, God bless you, Richard. We pray for you now. God bless you, my brother. What a beautiful, beautiful message. And, you know, for I mentioned all the children who are now home because the schools are closed. If you're Catholic, get your children together and teach them the rosary if you, they don't know it. Pray the rosary. Um, learn all the prayers and pray. And in our, I mentioned in our next newsletter, we're going to have the complete booklet on the Stations of the Cross. And I would suggest, um, we pray it every Friday during Lent, but at least if you can't pray it every Friday through the year, at least on First Fridays or every other week, pray definitely once a month. Pray the Stations of the Cross with your children. Go through the faith with them. We have Kurt from Boston on the phone. Hello, brother. How you doing, brother? How are you? (laughs) I'm okay, sweetheart. How you doing? Uh, Hey, fighting the fight and saying what I need to say. Yes. Um, Okay. I'm going to ask you to be quick today, Kurt, because I've got to get to some emails. All right, sweetie. Very very quick. Okay. Um, God teaches you the faith. Okay, he gives us the church. Now he says, go out into the world and, and live it. Now, okay, you're in the secular world, okay, you've got to do some of these things. Some people might have to go to public school, some go to Catholic school, some are homeschool. And everybody can lose the faith, but That's it all right. depends on the beginning. If you teach your kids the faith, there just you like go. me, I send my grandson to Catholic school. Do I leave it there? No. no. Ask my grandson, Grampy. All you do is talk about the faith and communism. That's right. Because one's going to take your faith away and one's going to improve it. That's right. I say to all the families out there, teach your children the faith. Now, if you've got to send them to public school, okay. Now they've got a brain to use and a will to expound on. Use the faith when you can. And you know, Kurt. Into the world, am I right? You're 100% right. And I've often said. Parents are the primary educators of the children. And whether you send your children to public school, private school, Catholic school, homeschool, it won't matter. When you, st- It does matter. But when you stand before God, wherever you've sent your children, you will be responsible for their faith and their religious right. education and their nurturing the faith. Right. The, the schools and the church will be accountable for what they've done. But parents are accountable for the education okay. of their so children. My, my- my second part of this question is, so as long as I teach my grandson the act of contrition, the faith, outside the church there's no salvation, I drill that into his head, I tell him to say his prayers every night, we're going to be saying the rosary starting tonight, I always tell him to say his prayers, act of contrition, spiritual communion every morning. He's 16, it's up to him. But I tell him that, you know, and I remind him every day, am I doing my part as a parent? You will know you're, if you're doing your part, Kurt, based on his response. If he right. does things out of duty, out of fear, out of obligation, to please you, all of that, uh, I can't answer the question. But if all of that has given him a deep heart of love for God and a desire himself to love God and live the faith, then you've done uh, more than your part. Okay, because I show him, like if I spout out a bad word, maybe you better go to confession. You're darn right, I better. That's why I try to go once a week. 
So good. I show him by example on humility. Well, what you're sides. doing is what you're doing is all good and true. But I would say there's no way to judge it. You could never say, "Well, I've done my part." No parent can say that. No. I've done my right, and I know you're not. But the only way you can really know the effect of your approach um, is if he personally. Uh, truly longs for God and wants to live for Him and honor Him. That's the way. Okay, because yeah, but but then again, what about other family members who I said the same thing have left the faith and have done whatever they wanted? Well, do, so that's between them and God. Yes, yeah, between right. them and God, Kurt. But I'm but just is saying it that. But is, it, is it my? But is it my problem because they didn't come in? No. It's no, not, because even John said you can leave, or you're going to leave too, right? Yeah, right. No, no, no. It's it's not your problem. They didn't come in. I'm only pointing out that we have some responsibility of how we affect people and how we communicate the faith. God bless you, dear. There's our ending music. We love you, Kurt, and everyone else will get to your emails tomorrow. Mary will be first up. God bless you all, and we'll speak with you tomorrow.